0: The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and said to them,
1: Whom are you looking for?
0: They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So he again asked them,
1: Whom are you looking for?
0: They said,
1: Jesus the
0: Nazarene. Jesus answered,
1: I told you that I am. So if you are looking for me, let these men go.
0: This was to fulfill what he had said, I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter,
1: Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me?
0: So the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people, Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid who was the gatekeeper said to Peter, He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made because it was cold and they were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him,
1: I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather. And in secret I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said.
0: When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said,
1: Is this the way you answer the high priest?
0: Jesus answered him,
1: If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me?
0: Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there, keeping warm, and they said to him, "You are not one of this you? He denied it and said,
2: "I am not."
0: One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you." In the and Peter denied it. Immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was morning, and they themselves did not enter the praetorium in order not to be defiled, so that they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said,
2: What charge do you bring against this man?
0: They answered and said to him, If he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him. At this, Pilate said to them,
2: Take him yourselves, and judge him according to your law.
0: The Jews answered him, We do not have the right to execute anyone. In order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, that he said, indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium, and summoned Jesus, and said to him,
2: Are
1: you the king of the Jews?
0: Jesus answered,
1: Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me?
0: Pilate answered,
1: I am not
2: a Jew, am I? I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me.
1: What have you done?
0: Jesus answered,
1: My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here.
0: So Pilate said to him,
1: Then you are a king?
0: Jesus answered,
1: You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice.
0: Pilate said to him,
1: What is truth?
0: When he had said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them,
2: I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews?
0: They cried out again, Not this one, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged, and the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Amen, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Once more Pilate went out and said to them,
2: Look, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know I find no guilt in him.
0: So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak. And Pilate said to them,
2: Behold the man.
0: When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him, Pilate said to them.
2: Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him.
0: The Jews answered, we, we, have have law, we have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid, and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Jesus,
2: Where are you from?
0: Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him,
2: Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you, and I have power to crucify you?
0: Jesus answered him,
1: You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin.
0: Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend to Caesar. Everyone who makes a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in a place called Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabata. It was preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon, And he said to the Jews,
2: Behold your king!
0: They cried out, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Pilate said to them,
2: Shall I crucify your king?
0: The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the Place of the Skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription, because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the the Jews, Jews, but that that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered,
2: What I have written, I have written.
0: When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top down. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it will be, in order that the passage of Scripture might be fulfilled that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother,
1: Woman, behold your son.
0: Then he said to the disciple,
1: Behold your mother.
0: And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said,
1: I thirst.
0: There was a vessel filled with common wine, so they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said,
1: It is finished.
0: And bowing his head, he handed over the Spirit. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other, who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the Scripture passage might be fulfilled, not a bone of it will be broken. And again another passage says, They will look upon him whom they have pierced. After this... Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths along with spices, According to the Jewish burial custom. Now, in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: A speech doesn't have to be long to be good. Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural, the speech he gave before his second term as president, is a very short speech, but it may be the greatest speech in our history. What makes it so marvelous is that President Lincoln understood that actions have consequences. The Civil War had been raging for four years, and everyone was hoping that it would end quickly. But Lincoln also understood that it was fitting for the war to be terrible because slavery was so terrible. And so this is what he said. If we shall suppose that American slavery is one of those offenses which, in the providence of God, must needs come, but which, having continued through his appointed time, he now wills to remove, and that he gives to both north and south this terrible war as the woe due to those by whom the offense came, shall we discern therein any departure from those divine attributes which the believers in a living God always ascribe to him? Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet, if God wills that it continue until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, so still it must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Actions have consequences. 250 years of slavery couldn't just disappear as though it had never happened, not without a heavy price of blood. And Lincoln knew it. Evil actions always have bad consequences, both for the offender and the victim. So there's this idea in the scriptures that sin has to be punished. Going all the way back to Genesis, when Cain kills Abel, God says, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Well, imagine, brothers and sisters, one person shedding his blood to pay for all the sins of the world. Being a priest, you get a front row seat. As so many people describe, the pain that came from just one sin. Can you imagine what the sins of the world must have felt like? It's no wonder that Jesus had to die the most painful kind of death a man can die. The Romans were experts at killing people. They knew how to do it in the most excruciating way possible. Cicero, a Roman philosopher and politician, said, Crucified criminals sometimes blasphemed so badly that their tongues would be cut out to make them stop. Of course, for Christ, the suffering started long before he mounted the cross. The previous night he had already suffered the agony in the garden. Scripture says he was in such agony, and he prayed so fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. St. Luke is describing a very rare but real condition called hematidrosis. When there's acute stress, the blood vessels expand, they come into contact with the sweat glands, and the blood vessels burst like little hemorrhages all over your skin. And the blood and sweat come out together. Most of you have probably seen the Passion of the Christ and that very graphic scene of scourging. Well, all of that happened with Jesus' skin already in this bruised condition from sweating blood. They used a whip that had two cords with fragments attached to it, made of bone and metal. The cords were designed to break the skin. The bone or the metal would then dig into the skin, bringing the prisoner to the point of unconsciousness. Horace, a Roman poet, said, Sometimes the skin was so torn by the whips as to disgust those in charge. They crowned him with thorns. Thorns in Jerusalem are big, probably at least an inch long. And any of you who have had a cut on your head know how much the scalp can bleed. They put a 125 pound crossbeam on his raw back and told him to carry it. You know, try carrying a telephone pole. And then the crucifixion itself. They ripped the robe off his raw skin. And they knew exactly where to drive the nails. Have you ever hit yourself on the inside of your elbow right here? The reason it hurts so much is that there's a large nerve trunk that comes very close to the skin. That nerve trunk goes deep, It divides into two. One of those branches goes right like this down the arm. And one of the most intense physical pains that anyone can experience is the direct piercing of a nerve, And the Romans knew exactly where to put the nail to do that. Now that's just the physical suffering. What about the spiritual suffering? The shame of being ridiculed and stripped and exposed, rejected by the people that you've given your life for, of being betrayed by one of your best friends, abandoned by the rest of them, being treated like a clown like the soldiers and Herod did. And then finally, the most awful thing that Jesus had to experience in his passion, the felt absence of the Father. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus knows that the Father is there, but he's allowed to share the experience of everyone who has ever felt abandoned by him. His blood pays the price for every sin that I have committed, every sin that you have committed. And all you have to do is open that sin to the priest who acts in Christ's person, and the blood of Jesus is applied to your soul, and those sins are gone. Almost makes me want to say alleluia. Hmm? We'll say that two days from now. I invite you once again, brothers and sisters, to discover the mercy of God poured out for you in the blood of Jesus and given to you so freely.